I say that you're a terrible reporter. That's what I say. Have a nice dinner. Relax. 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 We gotta come up with a different one for eight. Um, Eternal eight. Because eight looks like the infinity sign. It does. Yes, yes, yes. Infinity and beyond. (laughs) Exactly. Just have to give our listeners a disclaimer here. That I, just for the first time, am trying (laughs) a white claw. Ah, crazy. A raspberry white claw and like I never drink and this is already getting me tipsy, so it's gonna be a fun episode. It's gonna be a wild one, folks. Buckle up. Indeed. So we have something like controversial for our main topic today. I think we hinted at it last time, but I'm almost like scared to talk about it so before we jump into that let's take a look at some of the crazy current events that have happened since the last time we were with you guys so I guess the most recent is the SpaceX launch which you watched and I did not so why don't you tell us a little bit about that that's right so historic day this was supposed to be earlier in the week uh but today which is a Saturday uh, the SpaceX launch went off without a hitch. Uh, first U.S. Uh, manned spacecraft in nine years, and of course the first ever uh, private uh, endeavor. So this is kicking off a whole new era. Uh, Elon Musk must be one happy camper today. Um, so yeah. Very exciting, very exciting. And his baby was aboard, right? The pilot? Yes, that's right. <laughs> Spread that rumor. Uh-huh. Someone's yes. going to call Child Protective First Services. To enter the atmosphere. <laughs> it's wild. And you were so kind and showed me some highlights of this scene. <laughs> I don't even know what to call it because I missed it in real life. And, I mean, I don't know what to say, man. Like, I know that I'm definitely tinfoil hat wearer, but I swear to God, like, none of this looks real. Like, everything looks like CGI, so I can't tell anymore what is real and what is not. And, again, that goes back perfectly to our last episode, but, I mean, yeah, it literally looks identical to something you would see in a movie today, so explain that one, science. Yeah, I feel you, and like one moment in particular that really seems out of this world was, so you know, like the Falcon 9 rocket, of course, was the mechanism that actually launched them up but I don't know if y'all saw the footage of the Falcon 9 rocket drifting back down to Earth onto this landing ship perfectly like dee 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 <laughs> and so that seems like it's really bizarre the precision with which the rocket you know navigated back down firmly securely onto a ship so the reason why this is important is that um, you know, typically these fucking, the rockets themselves, they're not reused, right? They just fucking end up in the ocean and they, whatever, a fucking desert. Um, but because this is launching an era of consumer, you know, private citizen, uh, consumer voyages, the reuse of the rockets themselves, that's what's going to allow to, like, drive the cost down. So what I say on the down. I mean, still, you gotta be fucking cream of the crop. Yeah. Mr. Peanut to run and afford this shit, but... Point, um, point ten percent. Yeah, for sure. 
but to echo your sentiment, co-host, um, it doesn't seem real. Yeah, it's very surreal. Also, weird timing. Another, like, distraction. I don't know. Maybe this was legit, but what I think was not legit was... Remember when Tesla launched that car to space? <laughs> I, I mean, I laugh because I do maybe remember that, but it, it's almost like a joke. It seems so, like, perfect. That looked fake as fuck, okay? How are you going to tell me... A fucking car didn't get shredded through the atmosphere or like a bird didn't hit it okay let's not forget that fucking birds took down a plane when like captain sully or whatever on the hudson okay a flock of seagulls a took down a... <laughs> yeah actually it was just one yeah so how could this shit like happen and yeah, the car especially, I mean, okay, I always forget, I always want to say the Van Halen belt, but I think it's called the Van Allen belt of radiation, um, that supposedly, like, I think they're saying all these spaceships go past, but then at the same time it's like a contradiction because nothing is supposed to be able to, like, withstand that radiation, especially a car, so I would have to, like, double-check um, how far away from Earth that starts, but I'm pretty sure they're always saying, like, these crafts are going further than that. So it's, like, some... It's, it's very, very weird and all kind of, like, crazy and hard to understand. And, and, yeah, it'd be so weird to be, like, an astronaut, and when you get back to Earth, your body has to relearn everything. Just, like, that's why it's good they send his baby up because he doesn't even know how to do anything yet so right. he's just gonna get used to life on the international space station so that's all he'll ever know <laughs> yeah basically and then when he comes to earth they'll just have to have him like underwater in like a scuba gear because i hear that like that's close to how you feel in space so he'll basically have to be underwater or in space Yes, Underwater in Space is actually the name of my um, new EP that drops in the fall, so... Hot! that later this year, y'all. Country yeah. reggae, right? <laughs> no, that's right, it's country reggae. <laughs> <laughs> ain't, ain't nothing more American than that. Little Nas X, your out. Yeah, there's a new sheriff in town, that's and right. ain't no laws when you're drinking the claws. <laughs> I just want to call out, we're like low-key going for Toy Story 3 right now, because at the top of this episode, we call that to infinity and beyond, and then you just call that, there's a new sheriff in town, so anyway, just give it a little buzz light, your boy shut up, but, uh, <laughs> uh, as you were. Oh shit, now I want to watch those movies, but yes, um, let's see what's going on now, hmm, how can, how can we not talk about the huge elephant in the room or elephant in America and I'm not talking about Republicans I'm talking about Minnesota and all of the crazy stuff obviously hopefully we get want to reach people abroad as well most of our listeners are American so right now you guys know what's going on there <sighs> another murder of an innocent black man by at the hands of a police officer for one and this time it was a man named George Floyd and people are fucking fed up with this because it's been so many years and you can be like just walking and if you're in your neighborhood and if you're black it's like your life could end just from simply walking in your neighborhood or even when you put your hands up, like the cops taught us, they will still shoot you, and that's what we've learned, and it's crazy, and I know a lot of other countries, when they hear this news about America, they're like, what the hell, like, I especially remember being in, like, Australia, and then being like, why don't you guys, like, get it together, but they have their own problems, but that's a, that's a random tangent, but the point is, 
justice is continually not being served and the system is so inherently fucked. I don't, it's hard to, <laughs> for anyone to like dispute that at this point. So of course, protests have erupted and they've gotten pretty, pretty crazy. We've seen footage of people looting and burning shit down, burning down the police station. Yeah, what else? Yeah, so we, on an earlier episode, we talked about this, you know, potentially being a bloody summer and revolution brewing, but it wasn't necessarily in the context of uh, racial injustice and, and inequality. Um, but yeah, it's happening across the country. I would say in pretty much every major city right now, Minnesota's on day five, I believe, uh, night five of, of protests. Um, there are several cities, including the one I live in, which have curfews imposed. What? I didn't um, know that. Yeah, there are curfews imposed hmm. in a number of cities as well. Um, and then most, um, yeah, most, I guess, historically, I would say, is uh, essentially Minnesota, um, the Insurrection Act of 1807, a real throwback, and 1807, <laughs> um, that was last used in the 1992 riots in L.A. that followed course the Rodney King trial mm -hmm. so the Insurrection, Insurrection Act was just um, triggered by uh, by 45 essentially so the Pentagon is essentially putting military police on alert to go to Minneapolis and the governor of Minnesota already um, ushered in the entire fleet of the National Guard in the state of Minnesota um, so it's definitely escalating there, but of course other cities, um, Atlanta. Oh yeah, they they burned down the CN. Well, not burned down there, but they vandalized the CNN headquarters and ATL. That's right. Yeah, not to the same building that the police uh, headquarters is in. Um, so yeah, it definitely. You know, as the country's been opening back up, we're obviously in a pandemic. We're in the final stretch of Trump's first term, hopefully his last, and into election season. But it, it definitely feels this past week, following the the George Floyd murder, um, well documented, um, that this country is on a uh, on a precipice right now, big time. Um, one other thing to call out in Minnesota, the governor there, um, and, and also the mayor of St. Paul, which is one of the twin cities in neighboring, next to neighboring Minneapolis, um, the, the mayor of St. Paul and the governor of Minnesota both announced that up to 80% of the folks arrested were from out of state. Um, and so... Mm. There, you know, we know that Trump has been stoking the flames of a of a race war yes. for years and years and years, well, long before he was president. Um, so there's definitely some Russian bots. There's also some other uh, folks. Maybe some Soros meddling, as always. Yeah, sure. Uh, but yeah, essentially, you know, kind of gearing up for the civil war. Um, mm -hmm that phrase was used earlier this year by, by Trump. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's definitely wild times. We're just starting the summer uh, here, and it's going to be a wild four months, five months to the election. But mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, and there were also um, some pretty wild and out-of-hand protests in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. Uh, which is owned owned partially by Jay Z, um, and a huge place where they have concerts, a stadium, and things were actually getting really violent there between protesters and cops, and that was hard to watch. And I know in Chicago, a lot of protests erupted, and probably some other cities too. But yeah, just the footage of them burning stuff down in Minneapolis. I know in ATL, like, T.I. and someone else were, like, speaking. I think it was Mike 
Mike something, I just don't know, but T.I. at least was kind of pleading with people like, we know the situation is fucked up, but don't burn down like innocent people's businesses. Burn down the police station, but, and like his fucking house, and when he escaped to Florida, burn down that house too. It is not fair to the other business owners, but at the same time, it's also like, fuck you to capitalism in general, and I kind of love it, and I'm kind of here for it, and, um, do you remember this, like, one video where it was a burned down Planet Fitness, and there's just, like, this one guy in there working out on a treadmill? On a treadmill? If, if that's not late capitalism right there, a guy literally wearing a mask on a fucking elliptical in a burned down Planet Fitness, I don't know what it is. So surreal. Uh, it's gonna be purged the election year. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's definitely Mad Max Fury Road vibes for sure already. Um, and one other note uh, here, of course, you know, Black Lives Matter movement has been brewing for quite some time now. Um, but essentially, the the main arresting officer, he was charged with murder three. Um, and the family, the attorney representing the family, uh, George Floyd, is understandably uh, wanting a murder one conviction um, on Monday uh, an independent autopsy uh, results will be um, sort of uh, announced um, some folks are saying that he George Floyd was having a, a heart attack um, and the body cam footage and audio um, of the four officers involved um, you know he was pinned down for nine minutes and unconscious for over three and one of the officers said allegedly i haven't seen it heard it but uh said that you know hey maybe we should roll him over he he's unresponsive right now and the the arresting officer said no he's going to stay right here so again going back to the murder charge i mean it's like Murder one seems to be the better choice here in terms of being deliberate and intentional. Um, one other interesting piece here is that these folks, the arresting officer and George Floyd, worked at the same restaurant uh, for mm-hmm. over 17 years well, as doctors. Yeah. So there definitely was a relationship there. Um, so more details will be coming up, but it's definitely bullshit that they're moving forward with murder three for the arresting officer. And as far as I know, the other three additional officers that were on the scene there have not been arrested or charged with anything. Yeah, and it, it, all three of them were, like, kneeling on him. Right. It's wild, and I don't want to get too much into conspiracies like this because I think it is gross because a life is lost but like definitely the fact that it came out that they were both staff at this at the same place both bouncers or security it's definitely stoking the fires for some conspiracies I've been hearing the worst part is that Trump just had to stir shit up on Twitter like he loves to do And he tweeted something about, you know, the people looting in Minneapolis, that they were thugs and things like that. But it's just funny because when people in Michigan were protesting with their guns and, like, damaging things, he called them good people. And plus all the racists in Charlotte, also he called them good people, too. So, like you said stoking the flames of that racial tension as well. I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's really scary, but Trump's tweets are certainly not helping the situation. They're like adding insult to injury, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's clear that this is a part of his sickening re-election strategy and also it's just utter lack of leadership, but... Yeah, stoking the these these flames. It's really unthinkable, but it is. But also typical. Yeah, it's typical. But he, I, I think this is a part of his larger, larger strategy, Um, and it's only going to get uglier between now Mm -hmm. and the election. Oh yeah, I bet we're just ramping up, and then 
The other big, uh, well, there's always a few things, but another big thing going on with Trump is his war on both social media and vote by mail. Yes, for sure. So this past week we saw the unprecedented move by Jack Dorsey and team to, well, they did a couple new things. They flagged uh, one of his, two of his tweets regarding how vote by mail is fraudulent. Um, so they, they essentially added a banner um, to both of those tweets. So any viewer interacting with those two tweets from 45 would be redirected to um, a page with more information about vote by mail um, at a state organ that has been voting by mail since 1996, safely and securely. Um, so there's information there. And, then, and he's voted by mail himself. Yes. Yes. Many times. Um, and the other element here, too, is the, uh, the looting and shooting tweet that he had um, has been actually removed for glorifying violence. Um, and so both of those, all three of those actions are unprecedented mm -hmm. in terms of Twitter's um, enforcement. Right, um, but, but technically yeah. it is against, probably against their terms of services, I would guess. So it's like the fact that he has been getting away with it for so long, it was uh, is almost like, you know, already like he thinks he has special treatment because, you know, if someone, if a kid in high school says something like, oh, I hope there's a shooting tomorrow, haha, -ha. even, not even like, I'll shoot up the school, but like, oh, I hope there's a shooting, they would even get, like, <laughs> arrested or at least approached by the police, let alone their Twitter would be suspended. Yeah, I mean, look, Trump is really good business for Twitter. People are talking about tweets and Twitter every fucking day. Mm -hmm. So, True. you know, while this move is unusual for them, um, it's it's sort of in their best interest to keep Trump Trump's account active, even if they are doing a little bit of um, kind of redirection there. Um, but what's really like the long-term implications of this are... Um, pretty significant um, because it goes back to a um, sort of law in the 90s related to shielding uh, online platforms from liability uh, for what their users say on the platforms. Um, so it, some people have said that this is sort of is what created most of the internet, what allowed uh, many businesses, platforms to be created and, and flourish online. So there's sort of this bipartisan kind of move right now to um, kill what's referred to as Article 230. Trump's been tweeting about it um, to, to eliminate that, which would open up Twitter, Facebook, all online platforms to essentially um, litigation which could really transform the entire <laughs> internet. Yeah, definitely. And it's funny because Zuckerberg went on the news saying that he doesn't agree with what Twitter did and how he doesn't think that the social media platform should be held accountable or have to decide what should be acceptable on their platform but it was kind of hypocritical because a lot of people know Facebook has been censoring various posts like the anti-vax community says that they've centered a lot of their stuff and I think some far-right conservative stuff has been censored so I don't know it sounded like he was just trying to do damage control and stay off Trump's shit list for the moment but it's just funny how like Twitter was Trump's darling, you know? Like, he right. he tweets like he breathes. Um, he tweets like he puts on self-tanner. It's just, like, amazing. So he's having a big change in their relationship, and also the same can be said about his relationship with Fox, too. You know, that used to be his go-to network, right? Absolutely. Just as we've seen in recent years, Trump has zero... He expects... 100% loyalty from everyone around him, but he does not have really any loyalty for others, including his two favorite platforms, 
both Twitter and Fox News. Yeah, and it's funny because he operates like a mobster, but, like, he doesn't have what you said, the loyalty of, like, an old-school mobster. There were some, like, uprisings, but a thing that they were based upon was loyalty, like, family. But, yeah, he just is very self-serving, and um, it's just funny because it is leading towards what you've said in other episodes, which is it seems like... He's gearing up for his own network, Trump News Network, or something like that, where it's just propaganda all the time, like in North Korea. And what if he, like, comes out with that and then is like, I'm taking away all of the other channels. You guys only have my channel. Um, But yeah, I guess the other big issue is just insane how he thinks that his power has no limitations and he thinks that he can just sign an executive act against a private company not a government entity yeah it's it's truly breathtaking and and wild and um while earlier in this pandemic when i say earlier i mean a couple months ago it seemed that trump was kind of pumping the brakes on his march toward authoritarianism and in sort of leaving it up to the states to handle their response without any sort of coordinated federal response, which many authoritarians would sort of double down on concentrating power in this moment of crisis. While that was ha- that happened, and we were like, okay, well, maybe he's obviously so incompetent and <laughs> maybe not just stepping into this role as an authoritarian. However, where we find ourselves now with... Um, this the social media online platform kind of censorship stuff we're right back to the march toward authoritarianism here right um mm. trump lockstep definitely emerging yeah we're in lockstep now here um, but him of course his assaults on free press have been um blatant and out in the open but um if he does succeed in some way shape or form while he doesn't have the you know, like carte blanche to, you know, do what he wants with a private company. But if he does galvanize Congress to overturn this legislation from the 90s in some way, shape, or form, I mean, it would be pretty, pretty shocking. Um, So it's definitely worrisome, for sure. Such a mess. Um, So, yeah, that's basically the headlines. I mean, also... Uh, Trump's officially pulled out of the World Health Organization, so we saw that coming. And also, you told me that the CDC had an interesting warning about rats and also something about cicadas. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, it's like 2020. The slogan's just like added to the fucking list. It's like, yeah. so yeah, cicadas, they, you know, come out every 13, 17 years, 13 or 17 years, very specific. Um, 2020 is one of those years, so cicadas are coming. Uh, the Mid-Atlantic, and then, yes, the CDC issued a warning um, about specifically, like, city rats are highly aggressive, cannibalized. Um, <laughs> cannibalized? Because they're used to, you know, food scraps, restaurants being open, da 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 Because they haven't had the food they usually get, they are, as these restaurants are opening in Manhattan and other places, um, they are attacking people um, <laughs> in, in aggressive form. Uh, so that is truly something. One other news item I wanted to throw out there, too. I, my spidey senses tell me we'll be talking about this on our next episode. Um, but as we are, you know, these protests are kind of at fever pitch right now. They've been brewing all week. Each night gets... Uh, you know, more um, significant in scope um, and, and all that. Tonight, also, Trump called for MAGA night outside the White House. What? Um, so there's a lot of sort of chatter online, concern being expressed about what does that mean, uh, given, you know, what has happened this week, including his actions, 45's actions. I mean, are there going to be fucking Klansmen showing up at the fucking White House? Um, or modern-day Klansmen, just fucking middle-aged white men in red hats. Holding um, those tiki torches from Tar- Target oh, a la Charlottesville. Those images were 
Charlottesville still like sear my mind. But yeah, all the tiki torches in the fucking tri-state area are going to be sold out. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's going to be potentially a bloody night in America. Woo! Um, to kick off that bloody summer. Stoked by our commander in chief, which is oh, of course. It's part of his 5D chess and way to cause utter chaos so people have a harder time mobilizing when it's like a pandemic and a potential race war and this and that. Um, so a lot of things are going on. But now, as we teased last time, we are going to talk about something highly controversial but very relevant to these days and worth examining with an open mind. Um, you know, I always encourage people to research things um, and look into them further. So this is so controversial that even this was uh, a clip that we're going to talk about from a movie that hasn't come out called Plandemic. And it was taken down by YouTube several times, taken down by Google, out of someone's Google Drive, which is also another, like, unprecedented infringement upon privacy. So, when something is being that censored, I think it's worth examining, don't you? Of course. So, let's dive in. So, this virologist, Dr. Judy Mikovits, I think it's Mikovits or Mikovits, I think Mikovits, this clip is basically her testimony about Fauci and the pandemic, and she wrote a book called The Plague of Corruption. So I'm just going to set the scene up for us to discuss. So basically back in 1991, she was doing her uh, doctoral thesis on HIV, and it was groundbreaking research. And she eventually got published in the Journal of Science and did a vaccine expose that got her blacklisted by Big Pharma. So that's, this is kind of the backstory of why she's talking now. So she was arrested and had a gag order for five years, allegedly. Um, she claims that they had no evidence and they held her in jail without, with no charges, took her out of her house and searched it for five days without a warrant, and she claims they planted evidence there. And she said they really tried to ruin her life. They tried to make it look like she took confidential intellectual property from the lab, and the DOJ and the FBI kept that case under seal. So all her due process rights were basically taken away, and according to her, Fauci directed this cover-up, and they wouldn't let her 97 witnesses, including Fauci and NHHS heads, testify. So then, that's already, like, a lot of claims, right? <laughs> so, then, that's why she hasn't been able to speak until now, and according to her, she's speaking out now because she thinks it's such a crucial time and she wants people to hear what she says is the truth. And so she says that Fauci has been killing millions since 1984. She said in 1999, when she was 25, she was part of the team that isolated HIV from saliva and blood in France, where it was initially identified. And she wrote her own paper, patents were involved, and then... Fauci supposedly came to delay the paper because he had his own patents and wanted to get a piece of the pie. I'll explain how in a little bit. But this delay of the paper led to the killing of millions because this research was showing that people could get past HIV through saliva and blood, and they didn't know that before. In 82 or 83, HIV was originally isolated, but they waited till 84 to confirm it. So they've been delaying this shit. Because Fauci and Robert something from the CDC, he's the head of the CDC now, own the patents on both the disease and the vaccine. And you'll see that's a common thread. Owning the patent to the virus and 
the cure, right? So they're all about the problem and solution that they conveniently set up both. So basically, this is a huge conflict of interest, but she says that this is only possible because of something called the Bay Dole Act, and that's B A Y H Dole Act. And that made it, um, she's calling for it to be repealed because. I think this was put into place in the 80s, but I don't remember. But she said that that's when they it became legal for universities to, like, profit off of patent royalties. And so universities had 16 times as many patents as other labs in 1980. And it's just really, really crazy. The taxpayers pay for the discoveries of all this, but because the scientists are allowed to patent the virus and then the cures, they get so much money from the royalties. So basically, the people who own the patent end up making like billions of dollars and kill millions. Um, And she says right now, it's really scary what they're doing to rush the vaccines for coronavirus, which I think they were saying like, Gates had some patents on, and of course Fauci and stuff. But she said there's currently, like, never been any vaccines on the schedule for an RNA virus that works. So to do, like, um, a vaccine on an RNA virus is very unprecedented. And I've also seen other people saying, like, this virus will change your DNA. Like, hello, microchip transhumanism, but whatever. So she's saying that even though, like, she believes, she's not anti-vax, like, she's, she develops immune therapy and views vaccines as immune therapy, but she's just saying, like, this is wild, and she says that also something people should note is that this family of viruses, coronavirus, were manipulated, and it was released, she thinks, because she says if it were naturally occurring, it would take up to 800 years to occur, the way they said it did by a bat at a market and then to a human. But this came from SARS-1 in under 10 years, and that's only possible through viral acceleration through tampering in the lab. So she thinks that this happened at Fort Detrick in North Carolina, right? Do you think that's in there? Yeah. That's right. And also the Wuhan lab. And she says that NAID had a $3.7 million grant um, given to the Wuhan lab to perform experiments on bats with corona, but Fauci hasn't told the public, and she's like, hmm, well, why hasn't he come out and disclosed that for full transparency? And then she says, you know, listen to Bricks when she said, we've taken a very liberal approach to mortality, um, aka they've been marking a lot of deaths as COVID when they aren't necessarily caused by that. So she's saying they're fudging the numbers on purpose and why to push their cure. Um, And there's also been a lot of doctors and nurses, and I've seen a few videos. uh, You know, I don't know if these people are definitely doctors and nurses, but some have been like public press conferences, like especially one in San Diego, I remember, And these doctors have been speaking out about the CDC guidelines and, like, you don't die with an infection, you die from an infection, but either way they have to put it down. And they've also called out that you get a $1,300 bonus from Medicare for COVID patients admitted to the hospital and... um, I think um, almost 4000 for a ventilator, which, according to other doctors, is actually the wrong treatment for this anyway. Um, so she said a few other things, but let's start with that. Like, anything stand out to you there? Well, I have, I have a, a couple thoughts. Um, you know, bridging what we were talking about earlier, um, first of all, it, it is truly breathtaking and unprecedented that Google, who 
prides themselves on being a little bit more, um, <laughs> I say this like laughably, but like um, a little bit more pro-privacy than some other uh, firms uh, in Silicon Valley, even though you know, it's all relative. The fact that they took this, removed this documentary from a personal Google Drive account is absolutely breathtaking. So it's one thing for like a platform like YouTube to, you know, employ their policies and, and what have you and, and remove a video. Like that's one thing, right? But to have Google step in to take down Plandemic, the documentary, out of someone's personal Google Drive account is a really bad precedent. So that's like just one quick thing I wanted to call out. Um, the other thing I wanted to call out, what was the name of the um, the eighties law again? Co-host of the what? The eighties law that we, you were referring oh, to. Oh yeah, the Bayes Dole. Bayes Dole, that's right. Yeah. So keep in mind, like on the very first episode of Shock Therapy, we were calling out Fauci's connection to Moderna. Um, mm-hmm. one of the, the firms that has really been accelerating toward um, a vaccine for COVID. Um, you know, it, it is absolutely breathtaking, just to underscore what you already said, that uh, an elected official, a public official, a publicly appointed official representing any form of uh, government, but at the highest level of the federal government, is legally empowered to make money off of a vaccine related to a pandemic that they are overseeing. I mean, it's unreal that governmental, government officials, public officials, legally, again, for over 40 years, can <laughs> trademark and get royalties and all this stuff from, yeah, vaccines and other intellectual property um, related to that in a official capacity. It's truly unreal. And by the way, like, you can't patent something that's 100% naturally occurring, right? Like, you have to have fucked with it a little bit in order to patent it, I believe. Yeah. And one other, like, quick thing about Moderna, um, you know, there was definitely some insider trading or insider selling shit that went on this past uh, couple weeks where... There was this rescheduled stock sale, um, which is standard, um, but essentially uh, four of the biggest shareholders made upwards of like $70 million um, in a major sell-off after the press release went out about um, their advancement to the next trial for this vaccine. Lovely. Classic and lovely. Yeah, Moderna stock is up 344% since January 2nd. <laughs> and keep in mind, Fauci has been trumpeting, specifically calling out Moderna throughout the course of this pandemic. Yeah, aren't they like the leading one in Operation Warp Speed to get this yes. vaccine out? Yeah, yeah. and horse race, they're definitely... And Gates was connected to that, too. It's all... Correct. Yeah, Gates tangled. is an investor... Uh, and Fauci, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. The usual players on this uh-huh. uh, ever-evolving mystery we've been tackling since day one. But, okay, let's talk about the rest of what she said in the clip. So, she said that what happened with Italy, because we've, kind of, we've talked a little bit about Italy in previous episodes, but she says that Italy has a very old population and they're already sick with inflammatory diseases, a lot of them, and in 2019, they were given an untested new form of flu vaccines with four different strains of flu and H1N1. So that's interesting, too. I've heard some people saying that if you've gotten the flu vaccine, you're more likely to contract corona, which is an interesting correlation I want to dig deeper into sometime, too. And... Basically, yeah, she also points out what we've said. It's kind of crazy that the things that can't be patented, like natural remedies, are often discredited, and the answer is something synthesized in a lab, like a pill with awful side effects, or a vaccine with who knows what in it, and a fucking RFID chip to turn you into a robot. But anyway, she says basically the game here that Fauci 
and people like him and the head of the CDC, Robert something, do is to prevent the therapies until everyone's infected and push the vaccine. And she said they know that the flu vaccine has been upping people's chance of getting COVID by 30%. She says there's an article in 2017 by someone named Greg Wolf about that. So check that out. And then, yeah, once I was mentioning before about some doctors speaking out and some in California. I do believe it was San Diego, but I definitely know it was California. She says, calls them out, and they were talking about putting on masks and how it doesn't make sense because it weakens your immune system. It goes against what they were taught in school. And that the daily immune response to strep and all these other bacterias happens on a daily basis. So when you're away from all that, that your body usually comes in contact with every day, then your good bugs go down and opportunistic infections can happen. So she says that will also lead to like reopening the country might look like more sickness, but it might just not be because of COVID. It could also be because we are weakening our immune systems. She also said what I thought was really interesting, like she said, notice they closed the beaches and she's like, there are such healing microbes in the sand and the salt water. So why did they close that? I understand social distancing, but you can still try to enforce that on the beach, have lifeguards enforce it, let people get those microbes. And she said in her experience now, she's trying to educate people. She says a lot of medical professionals are waking up and they can see they've been steered away from their oath to do no harm. And she says they feel terrible, but like it's not their fault. And she knows you don't get funded or published if you don't fall in line with like the CDC or NIH's narrative. So yeah, she just tries to wake up doctors now. So that was the clip in a nutshell, and you can actually check that out on a website, BitChute, B-I-T-C-H-U-T. But yeah, I thought the thing about the beach was especially interesting too, but she said a lot of interesting things. For sure, and this aspect about it related to the immune system, I mean, in many ways it's not at all surprising that the preventative proactive measures that people can take to boost their immune system in this time has been completely missing from the national conversation, right? You don't have medical professionals, leaders, you know, offering guidance on how to uh, perhaps put yourself in a better position to even avoid contracting, like, highly symptomatic COVID that leads people to ICUs and and so on. Um, yeah, and let's not forget, too, that, yes, while there was definitely um, a good outcome here in, you know, reducing the capacity of ICU beds and all that stuff in hospitals with the lockdown, the quarantine, and all that stuff. Remember, remember how between February and, like, mid-March, there was nothing about, it was all about let's conserve masks for frontline workers right and then like seemingly like one like tuesday morning there was like okay everybody has to wear masks now right um which was really just absolutely bizarre um but yeah to your point around what she was saying what she was saying about being out in nature outside you know specifically like at a beach like that's actually like where you would want to be still interacting you know your gut uh, flora and all this stuff, your whole um, immune system is interacting with microbes that are necessary for your immune system to stay robust and active. Keeping folks for an extended period of time in quarantine is actually is doing harm. Um, you know, you can't just change the fact that of how the immune system works. Again, we're still using a bubonic plague era strategy right now with the quarantine. Like, it's it's outdated, and it's not fully advancing the best interests of everybody. Yeah, not to mention other ramifications like the increase in suicides and other things that the quarantine has caused. 
the economic fallout, all of that. Which continues to unfold, right? Right. The diseases of despair, yeah, all that. Yeah, so, huh, it's really sad, but... Yeah, so a lot of people, of course, have been trying to discredit this doctor as another crackpot, but I thought it was interesting that she wasn't an anti-vaxxer, and, like, and, yeah, she explained how the system is kind of, well, is definitely corrupt, and how the there seems to be a pattern of these people in the CDC or NIH or NIAD, whatever, just making these cures for diseases that they let get, like, out of hand while suppressing the cure for a while, and then eventually releasing it so that that you can make more money because more people need the cure. So back into a corner in the second wave when people have no choice but to get the fucking vaccine, you know? Yeah, and it seems like that is what was trying to happen here in a way, but the game keeps shifting, it keeps changing. The CDC is now saying that their numbers are actually much lower, and people are getting a lot more rebellious and tired, and starting to feel like, what the fuck is going on? I mean, people are already very distrustful of the government, but a lot of people are, like, really fed up with what is the fucking truth here, and my life is getting destroyed, like, can we get the show on the road again? So, it's definitely interesting, and will continue to unfold, but I hope that more people can at least watch this. I think that, at the very least, that Bay Dole act. <laughs> B- Bay Dole. Bay Dole. So... I think that that, at the very least, is really interesting. But, yeah, Fauci has supposedly done this before with HIV, and now he's in it with Gates, too. So, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, the fact that Trump also pulled out of WHO is really interesting. But there's just so many stories to follow now. There's a lot going on, right? And I think uh, it's only going to... The volume is only going to get turned up more. Let's not forget, again, that where hurricane season is brewing, wildfire season is coming online. We're marching toward the hottest year on record. So, you know, there's going to be, like, a cataclysm of, of forces here this summer. Um, I don't, you know, I try not to be hyperbolic, but, like, this could be one of the most brutal historic summers, just all the racial tensions, everything coming together, um, it's... The class tensions as well, The class tensions, yes, like, just everything that we've been talking about. Like, having billionaires made, like, it was something over, like, 400 billion more dollars since this started. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but I, I do still feel that like revolution is brewing. Bernie is ready to cartwheel back onto the scene. Where he so, at? You know, amidst all of this, you know, there's definitely still some like cautious hope that people will recognize that collectively we need to take the power back. Um, and all of these outmoded structures and systems, um, you know, capitalism, the patriarchy, white supremacy, all of these things enshrined in law, shit's coming crashing down. It's, it's apparent, it's happening, the time has come. Age of Aquarius, baby. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's all right on schedule, but it is definitely a uh, turbulent time to be living through and it as we always say it can just go so many ways right because in so many ways the system needs to collapse it hasn't been working for a long time we don't even have like free market capitalism we have something like beyond that and it's just so so strange how we've 
try to purport our way of life here in America as like the best way of life, capitalism, democracy, but they've really been destructive forces in the world as well. So it's just interesting to think about, but although they need to come down, it's like, well, what's going to take its place? Because if you get people to a point where they're so destitute, they lost their jobs, they lost their houses, they have no food, then they have no hope, no future, and it like slowly devolves into the Hunger Games. And the top 0.1% is just going to keep getting richer, and then we're literally all going to be like, they're slaves, and twerking for a blunt in the Hunger Games, best mental image ever, for your sponsor to give you a blunt, twerk for it. I'm preparing, you all should be preparing, but, My lower yeah. back just started twitching a little bit, I was like, like, I'm just, <laughs> Give it your all, get ready. I was like, okay, I, I yeah, it might be your last one ever. So, it could go that way, or it could go a way of, like, yeah, power to the people movement, maybe, like, more locally sustainable, but... Again, I don't really see that happening unless there's, like, a return to, like, tribal living. And I feel like, I don't even know, maybe after everything is burned down, if there's, like, complete anarchy and just starting from, like, nothing, I can see that happening. But I don't know. It's like people aren't set up to be self-sufficient where everything comes from, like, conveyor belts, mass-produced we rely so much on things made in China, for example. So, I'm not sure. And wages have stagnated from the 70s. And, uh, I mean, minimum wage, full-time minimum wage work is not enough to sustain even a single person, let alone a family. Um, So, yeah, the system's fucking rigged and people have had it. Um, But, hey, this could result in... It's definitely going to be messy as fuck, but... I mean, this could result in some pretty profound, lasting, positive change. But again, if people can't put bread on their table, and in addition to all this other shit, racial tensions running high, class warfare, all stoked by the commander-in-chief, the pandemic is roaring, a second wave is brewing. I mean, people are going to fucking... I mean, people are already in the streets, but en masse, like in terms of large-scale collective action, people taking to the streets, I, I could see that happening. People storming the Capitol, mm. um, storming the White House. Like, I could, I could see this happening. They this should summer. burn the White House down, and eat the rich. I mean, just kidding. This is all alleged. This is parody. Please do not arrest me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I just have one question for everyone. Has Trump made America great yet? Again, yet. <laughs> oh, um, actually, on that note, um, we haven't talked about this, but apparently, um, although he said back in, I think, 2017, after he was inaugurated, that, oh, his re-election uh, slogan is going to be, keep America great, right? Well, I didn't realize that, well, after the pandemic, he's had to change course, because keeping the current state of affairs isn't good, right? He was going to ride on his message of economic prosperity um, to to a second election, second um, term, rather. Um, Obviously, that plan's been foiled. So, he has a new slogan. Have you heard his new campaign slogan? No. I'm better than Joe Exotic. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, that would be better than what it actually is. (laughs) Trump's re-election campaign slogan is transition to greatness right (laughs) okay (laughs) um which which beyond just like being gobbledygook and not like a strong slogan at all it actually is like self-sabotage in action because like it doesn't that presuppose that, you know, he hasn't quite done his job, right? Right. <laughs> Not <laughs> only that. America, yeah, like, it's like make America great. It's like, it's barely grammatically correct. It's definitely has, like, 
creepy overtones to it. It's like almost like foreboding. And in transition, I just hear like transhumanism. <laughs> like, get ready for the RFID chip, bitches, or you will not be allowed in stores or anywhere. But that's you transitioning into greatness. Transhumanism is greatness. What's better than being human? Transhuman. It's like being a god. Don't fall for it, people. It's better to die on your knees than be a fucking robot who is consciousness is enslaved forever working for Trump. Oh. Tanning his butthole. Oh god. For eternity. Twenty forty. <laughs> yeah. Twenty ninety, etc. Forever. So yeah, everyone, try and see that clip for yourself. Do more research. <laughs> look, Try to look into the Fauci HIV stuff more. And we will be back next week. Take care, y'all. Bye. Bye.